Welcome to the 21st Century Physio Podcast, helping you bring your practice into the 21st century with the latest technology news, research reviews, and easy-to-implement practice tips. Now, here's your host, Stephen King. So, welcome, Glenn. Welcome to the 21st Century Physio Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, I've obviously known about Dot Physio for a long time, and I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you know why you started this journey with Dot Physio uh, and how you're finding it's helping other people with their physio practices around the world. So, thank you. No, thanks for having me, Steve. So, for the people who don't know you, Glenn, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself and your background in physiotherapy? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I'm a specialist musculoskeletal physiotherapist located in Perth. Um, the background, uh, look, I grew up in small country towns in rural Western Australia, um, and I, I thought the greatest job in the world would be a phys ed teacher. Yeah, you know, I, I thought those guys had the best job. But during my final year of high school, my mum heard her back, and she was, she was put in hospital for a week on traction. Right. Which, which is just hilarious because we wouldn't see that nowadays, would we? Definitely not. Um, uh, and through chance, or perhaps she schemed it, she took me along to one of her physio outpatient consults. And the physio started talking about things like L3, L4, and my ears just perked up and I thought, oh, my God, there's a whole language there. And I was hooked and, and that's when I knew I wanted to be a physio. Fantastic. So how long have you been out in practice for now? Oh, uh, I got to do the maths. A long time. I graduated <laughs> in 1989. How's that? Wow. So, what's that? About 28 years. Yeah, I won't tell you how old I was then. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> definitely a long way off starting my physiotherapy yeah. studies. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So now you went down the specialist pathway uh, after you graduated. What sort of took you down that pathway? What did you decide to pursue that? Oh well, look, I can pick the day I decided I was going to do it. Um, in my first year of work, I got to go to a, a state conference, and the presenter was talking about mulligans, uh, you know, mobilizations with movement. It, it had just arrived, uh, and then he wanted to demonstrate something and, and it was a practical session. And he said, "Right, are there any musculoskeletal physios here? Could you help all these people?" And and it was the shock and realization that there was this whole cohort of people who knew all this stuff. And I realized then I just needed to be one of them. I wanted to be at the cutting edge of manual therapy. Yeah. So what did you have to do to you know go about that? How did you pick um, your area well, the process, of you know, interest? I guess. Oh look, I was always interested in pain, uh, and as I said before, with my interest in phys ed and human movement, it was always going to be musculoskeletal for me. Uh, I had a mentor when I was working in the government. Uh, I was out on, at a rural hospital, and the health department used to employ a musculoskeletal physio who used to come and visit us perhaps twice a year, provide a continuing ed, and I really aspired uh, to be to be like him. Um, so then it was just a matter of doing the um, postgraduate course. Uh, and then I worked uh, continuously uh, in the area, eventually got involved in some tutoring uh, around the edges of a little bit of research. It's not a favourite area of mine, but I touched on it a little. Uh, and then the college um, changed the criteria for specialisation and they created a grandfathering period where experienced people could just go and sit the exam without having to do the training program. And that seemed like a great opportunity. So, so I went through that process and uh, managed to convince uh, the examiners that I was sufficiently you know, competent enough. Fantastic. So what would your advice be for young physios out there who are thinking about going down you know, a similar pathway, obviously, with, obviously without the grandfathering, um, but going yeah, down that yeah. specialist um, pathway? Look, I can't recommend it highly enough. The, 
the self uh, growth that occurs during the process. Uh, I remember going, uh, when I, I had my um, postgraduate uh, diploma in musculoskeletal and we were doing some training uh, for the exams for the specialization program. And I had no idea how bad I was. Um, anybody can convince a patient that they're doing a good job but convincing your peers is another thing altogether. So it was a really steep learning curve. It was really painful, really challenged my ego because I thought I knew it all. Um, but the growth is extraordinary. And, and I couldn't recommend the specialization training program high enough to anyone who wants to grow as a clinician. Yeah. And what are some of the biggest things you learned along that journey? Um, <laughs> that I don't know at all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that it's con constantly That's a scary evolving, thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, all the information around pain uh, was lightning. Uh, headaches uh, was an area that I was interested in. There was a, there's a whole lot of information out there that, as a clinician, you just don't access uh, because you're busy. Life is busy, but when you're forced to do it, yeah. uh, it's there and it's available. Okay, and so since 1989, when you uh, graduated, you know. Mm. You've obviously seen physiotherapy go through a lot of change. You know, I think probably no more than so over the last sort of five to ten years. But what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the profession for the good, and maybe some of the the biggest changes that you've seen maybe for the worse as well? Um, look for the good. Probably one of the best things I ever uh, I enjoyed was getting rid of my traction machine. Yep. <laughs> we had a traction machine. We'd have GPs refer patients saying they need traction. And I really wasn't convinced this thing was doing any good. So as the evidence came out to show that traction was of no value, you beauty got rid of that machine, cleared up some space, put some gym equipment in the space where the traction machine used to be. Um, the growth of knowledge in the profession is really exciting. When I first started in private practice, 60% of my clients came from medical referrals. Wow. Now it's 10 it's 10%. Yeah. And, and, and that's a reflection solely that we as the profession have demonstrated our skills in musculoskeletal care. People are coming straight to us. They're not wasting their time going to medicine because they know they're just going to get prescribed drugs and told to come to physio anyway. Definitely. So that, that, that growth and along with that knowledge and that growth, the confidence that goes with it, uh, whereas previously we were very much handmaidens, we were uh, second tier um, to, to medicine, we're now prepared to challenge them. And I'm really excited by some of this research that's showing shoulder rotator cuff surgery is not any more effective than conservative care. Likewise, arthroscopies for osteoarthritis. I think there's more of that to come. Uh, really excited. Great. And so when you um, think about the physiotherapy model as it is today, you know, sitting in your practice there, how do you think that's going to then continue to evolve over the next five to 10 years? Where do you see it going? Uh, look, that's a really good question. I, I, I do see, uh, and it might be my own ambitions, I do see us hiving musculoskeletal care from medicine. I think that progression that I gave you, the 60% down to 10% will continue. I see physiotherapists prescribing, injecting, taking over all facets of musculoskeletal care. Okay. Uh, that's where I see it going. Yep. And so what do you think needs to be put in place for physiotherapists to be able to take over that care, I guess? Well, to be honest, nothing needs to be put in place. Yeah. Rather, physiotherapists need to have the faith and confidence and gumption, if you like, to take charge. Uh, medicine's not going to give it up. They're not going to say, oh, look, you guys are really good. Here it is now. We just have to do it. So refer for those scans to get that information. Consult with medical specialists. 
Um, just circumvent the um, the GP, explain to the patient that the Medicare system sometimes requires you to go in that direction, but um, uh, really if they just want to pay a few more dollars, you can send them direct and save them time. Yeah, fantastic. So obviously a lot of your practice now isn't being driven from those medical referrals like it used to be. What are some of the things that you've had to implement in your practice in regards to maybe marketing and branding and those type of things that have really helped you uh, you know, become a go-to physiotherapist down in Western Australia? Um, look, we, we, we tried, uh, we have tried everything, I think, uh, <laughs> everything. And the conclusion is the best way to get more clients is through your existing clients. Uh, they are the best referrers. So we almost completely diverted our marketing efforts away from external marketing to just internal marketing. Uh, central to that is, is to describe a customer avatar. So in our clinic, our customer avatar is a 60-year-old woman. Uh, and so therefore, we don't write articles about shin splints or Sever's disease. We don't try and be everything to everyone. We write about stuff that 60-year-old women are interested in. Um, now, they're great referrers because they're, they're the matriarch of the family. They'll refer their children, their grandchildren, their husband. But um, it's driving them as our, our center of attention. Uh, that's probably been the most useful thing. Yeah. And was that someone that you, um, you know, you realised there was a gap in the market there for those sort of people or is it just somewhere, a type, patient type that you were seeing a lot of and you decided, you know, you thought that was a good idea as a business model to see more of them? Um, how did you go yeah, about look, prob- picking that niche? Probably the, the latter yeah. in that um, we recognised they're the most affluent uh, at that stage of life where they're starting to, they, they've stopped with their own children so they can start to worry about themselves and they don't look so like what they're seeing and and they want to improve their health. They don't want to be like their mother who's 80 or 90 years old, who is suffering with osteoporosis, uh, balance problems, uh, weakness. Um, And so they're a a market that was ripe. Uh, And as I've indicated, but not said clearly, you you can't be everything to everyone. So you pick a market and that's what we targeted. It also tied in with our demographic in our area. We're in a fairly affluent suburb. Um, and so the people who live in this area are, are older, middle middle age to older. Yeah, and I guess with that ageing population that we do have, it's uh, you're never going to be struggling to see more of those type of patients. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Obviously, everybody knows you would have seen you around social media with Dot Physio. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's obviously something you've transitioned from, you know, clinician into you know business owner and someone who's really driving the profession into the future. You know, in my opinion. Why did you decide to take on that journey? Where did that all start? Uh, look, to be honest, I was just reading the newspaper and uh, I read an article where the authority that controls the internet, it's an organisation called ICANN, uh, decided or realised that there was not enough room in the dot-com space. Um, I don't know if you know this, but every single five-letter combination has gone. Wow. I and four-letter combination. You know, so even X, Y, F, N, P, you can't buy. It's gone. So there's, there's not enough space. And they realized that there was an opportunity to create more innovation by having new extensions. So they put uh, an offer out there for applications for new extensions. And I've always been very interested in marketing, and I saw this as a great opportunity. I, I could see the value of registering the company name, uh, registering my own name, registering the suburbs, because people search for physio by suburbs, uh, areas of specialty. And then I thought, Geez, yeah, if everyone did this, if all the physios did this, we would have our entire identity 
on the um, the internet. So I contacted the Australian Physio Association and for whatever reason, they couldn't be involved and nor could WCPT. And I thought, I, I can't let this opportunity go. Bugger it, I'll do it myself. So I did. Cool, big, uh, big move, obviously. I, I imagine there's a big expense starting to go down down that path. It was obviously probably a risky time for you. You had some big decisions to make. Um, yes, look, you're at a stage in your career though where we, we could have opened another practice. So you're looking for expansion um, but I, I was ready for new challenges. Uh, this looked interesting and the potential I felt was greater. Uh, and I thought I could offer more to the profession, um, awareness of the profession by reaching a global population than just by reaching the people in my suburb or the suburb next door. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to look at it. It's, you know, people often ask us, you know, do you miss the, the practicing sort of the 40, 50, 60 hours a week, whatever we did, used to do? And, yeah, you said you look at that global scale and the influence you're having. I think, you know, in your case, it's just huge. So how many people have you got using a dot physio now? Oh, look, we've got a couple of thousand yeah. um, domain name extensions. Um, it's taking a little while for people to see the value. Um, but it's growing and we're picking up some real high quality customers who are doing some really exciting things with them. Yeah, I can definitely see over the last six months or so, they've been popping up everywhere. So I think you're doing well. You've got people like, you know, Mick Hughes, he's a big, big advocate of it. Um, you've also got the learn.physio platform uh, that we've seen uh, putting some good resources out as well. And then obviously we've, you know, jumped on board recently as well with this podcast.physio. Anyone who's listening to this has probably uh, come via one of your links. So I think uh, in regards to using the yeah the dot physio, I think it is really a no-brainer for physiotherapists to get out there and do it. It gives you a point of difference in the market, I think, and gives people that instant association, which you don't necessarily get with a um, extended dot uh, com domain. Yeah, look, and because it's relatively new, the opportunities to pick up some real killer domains are there. Um, with your podcast.physio, as I've said to you privately, Steve, yep. you guys have got a category killer there. You want, you now own the entire category of podcasting and physiotherapy. Uh, and well, it costs you 90 bucks or 95 US dollars, and you have a magnificent brand that is going to you know, produce returns well above that. I think just the ability for it to be so simple and easy to remember. You know, people can, you know, podcast.physio. No one's going to sort of forget that. Uh, whereas I had the 21st century physio uh, podcast.com. It's a bit of a mouthful, yeah. too. There's quite a number of uh, letters to key That's in. That's right. Um, it's yeah, all I'll ask is that .au as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So who have you found? You've obviously got, you know, a couple of thousand people using him now. What are some of the big success stories you've had using the .physio domain? Because that's something I'm really interested in from a marketing point of view, how people are taking that and using that. Yeah, look, at all levels. So let's start with the biggest level. Really excited to see the Australian Physio Association using choose.physio. Um, they developed, uh, if you're not aware of it, they developed a marketing campaign uh, for consumers where the tagline was Choose Physio. A great call to action. Uh, it allowed them to present all the range of problems that physio can help with, and the answer is Choose Physio. So it was a no-brainer for them to get the domain Choose.Physio. And by simply putting that dot between the words, their call to action is now also an address of where to go for more information. So really excited by what they're doing. Uh, in the practice arena, uh, look, great example, uh, Life Care here in Australia and a, and a group called Action Sport in Quebec, in Canada, have bought all the suburbs in their area. That wow. They know, as I said before, that uh, people search online by suburb name and physio, they wanna be the first people that come up on the list. 
So, you know, they're buying 70, 80 domain names. Uh, and then you've got individuals, uh, people who recognize that they are a brand. Uh, you mentioned Mick. Uh, Mick. Mick's really killing it. Uh, the great thing about Mick, he doesn't, he's not an expert. He's a curator and he's really niched himself down to ACLs and he curates information and he does it under his brand, mickhughes.physio. I don't think there's any physio online who doesn't, hasn't heard of Mick Hughes. No, I think he's, he's he said he's doing really well and just providing simple actionable tips, uh, you know, for people to go out there and apply, um, to apply in their clinics. So I think if you haven't heard about Mick, get online and uh, check him out at mickhughes.physio uh, or head over to social media. I'm sure you would have seen his bald head uh, hoppy up and down, probably on one of our mats too <laughs> yeah. at some stage too, which is great. Yeah, he's a nice mat user as well. Yep. Um, look, Mick is a great example. For anyone who's listening, Mick has niched some key elements. He, he's not an expert. He doesn't have huge qualifications, but he's niched. And, and he says, this is what I'm doing, ACL. And then what he does, he's taken his information and he's digitized it. And then with that digitized information, using social media to drive traffic to his website, he's making a name for himself in that area. And he, he's getting invitations all over the place to present his curated knowledge. And it's an example to all of us as we move into this 21st century of how you can be successful by niching, digitizing and thinking globally. Definitely. So you obviously look at a lot of websites. Uh, I know you've definitely checked out ours and you sort of probably mm -hmm. jump on and see everyone who registers .physio and go and check out what they're doing. What are some of the yep. great things you see that people are using on their websites at the minute? Look, the key with the website is to, again, niche. You can't be everything to everyone. So find out what it is that makes you special and everything revolves around that. Secondly, make it simple. People typically want to put all their information on, but you don't want to put it all, all on the front page. Certainly let people find it later, but the front page is all about the call to action, how you can help them with your niche. And then, of course, on that front page, it's got to be contact me now. Uh, here's an easy way to make contact with us. Um, and so they're the key elements to what I'm seeing uh, with good websites. Obviously, great imagery, and, and that scares people a little because I think I've got to take photos. There's a tons of really cheap stock photos that make uh, your presentation look really good. You know, one of the best websites, and I, I get everyone to do it right now, yeah. go to winter.physio. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a uh, nice domain. I like it. Well, you know immediately what they do. It's related to skiing. Yep. And you'll go on there and you'll see one or two photos, beautiful imagery, and key text, we help people ski. Pretty simple. But, but that's it? <laughs> yep. It's uh, pretty clear why people are going to go and see them, isn't it? If you know the why. Yes, you know, absolutely. And it comes back to that niching again. You can't be everything to everyone, so just pick one thing. And don't worry, they'll come to you for that, but then they'll talk about my neck and my shoulder and my and my child and my uncle who's got a problem, you'll get to see the rest of it as well. It's The first step is to get them in the door with their area of interest. Yeah, and hopefully they're not based in uh, in the Dubai or somewhere like that in the Middle East, <laughs> I, I, I assume not. Well, I, oh, I think they've got skiing, indoor skiing there. Oh, that, that is but, true, yes. That's probably a nice domain for there then. But it does it does take us on to the next point, Steve, which is telephysio. Yep. I've uh, noticed we, you've we started can... to get into this a little bit. 
Yeah, look, we tend to think of our three suburb radius of drawing people in. The future is the globe, okay? Uh, telephysio has started. It's going to get stronger. Uh, Australian physiotherapists are the best in the world. We're going to take advantage of that. We, we could be supplying services to people in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, you can anywhere in the world. So get ready for tele, telephysio. Uh, it is the future. And how have you found performing some consultations? I noticed you can book an online consultation with yourself. How have you found yep. that that works for physiotherapists? Look, it's a bit of a paradigm shift. You, know, you want to touch them. You want to move them. It just requires a little more describing yep. uh, to, to, to do your testing and, and, and explanation, a little more conversation. And in terms of the treatment, it's really no different to what we're doing. It's, it's an education. It's advice. Uh, it's exercise. Uh, maybe if there's some manual therapy, use a spiky ball or some other way to apply the force externally. Um, small paradigm shift. Once you're used to it, the principles are exactly the same. Yeah, no, I can definitely see value in that. Uh, I know I've definitely registered a couple of dot physio domains, looking at that into the future as well, because I think the as you said, the scale with uh, you know 21st century world and be able to target and market to anyone around the world, uh, provide those services. I think it's a really a no-brainer. We've also got some new technology we're des designing at the minute to make it easy for physiotherapists to assess their patients remotely as well so they can get more objective, reliable data to hopefully make better decisions. So that's, that's, to ex that's exciting. We'll keep, look forward to hearing about that one. Keep an eye on. So, so speaking of technology, what technology do you use to you know, help with your um, online services? Uh, well, look, I, I use a ton of tech technology. Yeah. Um, Look, I got to tell you, Skype. Believe it or not, it's as simple as that. Uh, it, it, I can talk to people around the world, whether it be patients or other physiotherapists. Uh, I, I find that incredibly useful. Um, I'm going to show my age again here. Electronic notes, uh, <laughs> greatest thing ever invented. Uh, the space they save, the accessibility they offer, the security. I, I hope there's no one in the world who is still not using electronic notes. Um, and social media, uh, Twitter. I, I love Twitter for clinical education. You connect with the physios around the world. Uh, there's some really strong opinions out there. When people are doing research, they'll publish it on Twitter, you know, like the day it, day it comes out. Uh, it, it, it's just wonderful. So technology is making a huge change to practice. I think definitely is a change in clinical thinking and the accessibility, but also change in regards to, you know, how you go about your marketing and run your business systems as well. It can really mm. uh, improve the way we do things, make it more efficient and help us help more people, I think. So I think there's some really, really great points. So going back to the dot physio, where do you see that going over the next five to ten years? What do you hope to uh, see from um, you know perspective of physiotherapists building the brand of physiotherapy around the world? Sure. Look, the first thing I want to point out is the dot physio is not alone. There's one thousand four hundred of these new domain extensions, yeah. and Google owns a hundred of them. There's dot Apple. There's dot Netflix. Uh, so soon, when these big guys come out with their big budgets. The world is going to know about these domain extensions. Now, there's also 19 professions, four in the health arena primarily, so dot doctor, dot medicine. There's also uh, dot pharmacy and dot dentist. Um, and so it will become commonplace that these new extensions will be used. So with physio, the vision is that it becomes the uniter of our profession in the digital space. Um, it's very powerful because we've restricted use just to physiotherapists and physical therapists. So 
uh, consumers can be guaranteed that the information they're reading is from a bona fide source. It's not just from some dodgy guy in his room who's happened to grab a powerful domain name. So um, the, it, it'll offer title protection uh, to the profession uh, and, as I said, that identity, that brand. Yeah, I think it's a strong brand, but I think we are obviously there's lots of other professions now looking at a similar uh, space to ourselves. We need to, you know, more than ever, I think, unite as one and start to progress the uh, the industry forward. Which I think you're definitely pioneering that, and I thank you for your uh, for your help in regards to that. Pleasure. Yeah, look, it, it's it's vitally important in our profession where we we have different names as well. So you know, if you're a physical therapist in the U.S. or a kinesiotherapeut in France. When you're crafting a message that's consumed on social media globally, it just creates confusion when we use different titles. Uh, one title, physio, short, punchy. Uh, it means one thing, uh, unlike many of the other terms. And that's something we recognise with our MAT courses. Uh, we found that you know we started to use the mat.physio around the world uh, because it's just easier for people to you know one remember, but two that association. As you said, when you're trying to create your marketing material for, we run courses in over 20 countries, trying to tailor um, each all the material to one particular you know profession. As you said, in France is different to the US compared to here. It really makes sense if you, especially if you're looking to build a brand online, to start to look at some of these domain extensions like .physio to give yourself yeah. that you know easy association. So I can't yeah, highly recommend using them enough. Thanks. The, the physio is a powerful word that through you know our, our forefathers and mothers um, has d strong connotations of professionalism, quality, uh, and attach your brand to that word and you amplify your brand. Definitely. So moving away from the dot physio for a little bit, what do you think makes someone a good physio you know, in the 21st century? What are some of the skills that you think people need to have uh, to succeed? Because obviously it's getting you know, more and more competition out there, especially in you know, markets like Melbourne uh, here in Australia. Um, you know, what do you think that uh, young physiotherapists should be starting to look towards to make themselves the best practitioner they can be? Yeah, look, it's tempting uh, to be the best clinician you can be, to devote all of your, to invest all of your professional development into clinical um, skills, uh, thinking that the cleverer you are, the more people you will see. It doesn't work that way. Uh, look, your clinical skills probably account for, I'm going to pick a number here, 40% of your success. The other 60% is your communication skills, your leadership, your, your branding, um, all those areas of self-development. Uh, look, I'm a big fan of Nick Schuster, uh, and I'm sure, Steve, you've read his book, uh, Become the Ultimate Physio. Oh, uh, Nick has bro Nick's broken into four areas, um, yourself, your clinical skills, um, what were the other two? Um, leadership, leadership and one other area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the way you need to progress into this 21st century. And then harping on with some of the stuff I said before, recognise that you are a brand as an individual. If you're on the internet, if you've got an identity on the internet, you are already a brand. So firstly, um, be true to that brand. Uh, don't go off talking about, if your interest, if your brand is sports, don't post pictures of cats or, um, you know, bikies doing burnouts. Yes, it may be an interest to you, but it dilutes and weakens your brand. People search for you online. You have to be consistent. And, and we talked about Mick before. Mick is, is the king of consistency with his brand. 
Uh, and look, and the third thing, and I've said it um, before too, think global, okay? Do not think local, think global. Uh, digitize your knowledge and sell it to a global audience. So that's where I, that's where I see the, the 21st century physio has to go. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I think you're right in regards to those clinical skills and trying to learn as much as you can from other professions as well. I know that 90% of what I do now, you know, I didn't learn at university, being a young you know, physiotherapist and osteopath coming out. Uh, and obviously, as I said, it's changed a lot over the last 10 or 15 years, I imagine, for you um, in regards to that as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, there is a plethora of knowledge out there that you, from all over the place that you need to share uh, and grab Beautiful. So how, if someone wants to go and find out more about Dot .physio, they want to go and register a Dot .physio, they've got some um, great ideas for it, how do they go about doing that? Oh, look, it's really simple. Just go to www. then the letters D-O-T, then dot .physio. Um, and there you can search for domain names. You'll find out if it's someone's already got it or if it's available. It'll give you a price, and it's like any other online purchase. Set up an account, whack in a credit card, bingo, it's yours. Uh, and then from there, build a website, grab an email address. Um, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, and as I said, I think you know, like the guys at Action uh, Physio are doing in Canada, they see it as a bit of an investment as well. Actually, invest in some of these domains. And you know, as I said, personally, I've registered a few uh, because you never know what happens down the track. I think so. These can be a good, uh, good source of investment, even if you're not thinking about doing something with it right now. Yeah, that's right. And domain names are, are an asset that grow in value that you could sell at a later stage. We, we all know the example of hotels.com, um, recently sold for about $13 million, just the domain name, uh, because it's so powerful, uh, because it says exactly what it is. Now, you're going to see the same, not to the same extent, I'm sure, but with .physio domains, there's some powerful domains that you can grab that will turn into assets that will build your balance sheet and that you can sell at a later stage. Uh, a practice, you, you buy a, a small coterie of domain names, so your practice name, the suburbs around your area, and when it comes time to sell, you put a, a value on those and sell them as another asset, or you could divest them off and say, sorry, they're not for sale, they're not a part of the business. Fantastic. Some nice tips there, I think, for practice owners as well. Mm. All right, Glenn, thank you very much for joining the 21st Century Physio podcast today. There's been some great insight into, you know, the history or history in regards to physiotherapy and your thoughts going forward. I think there's some really nice actionable tips that people can take away and some really great insight on how you can build a a better brand using the .physio domain, which as I said, I can't highly recommend it enough. Uh, Make sure for us, go and check matt.physio or head over to podcast.physio as well to find out more about what we're doing. How do they find out more about you though, Glenn? Uh, look, I'm available on social media, so Glenn Rusco, at Glenn Rusco, or I've even got my own personal branded website, glennrusco.physio. Fantastic. Great brand. On that note, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you very much again, Glenn, for joining us on the 21st Century Physio podcast. It's been great to have you. Thanks, Steve. That's another 21st Century Physio podcast, proudly brought to you by Matt, innovators and world leaders in movement assessment technologies that bring your practice into the 21st century. For more great information and tips to bring your practice into the 21st century, head over to www.podcast.physio. Lastly, if you love the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated. See you on the next episode.